I don't need everyone to love me in order to be successful. I need to tap into the people that I'm supposed to serve and serve them like to the best of my ability. And, and that's, that's it. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. And if it pisses you off, that's fine. When you feel stuck, lost, scared and alone, these days we are told that purpose, fulfillment and passion is the antidote. That these are the things we need in order to live the life of utter freaking joy and happiness. But the truth is guys, for many of us, those words seem just as fictional as the Loch Ness Monster. It supposedly exists, people have claimed to have seen it, but just like purpose, fulfillment and passion, every time you go searching, it's nowhere to be found. So we just keep looking. When I find that partner, then I'll be fulfilled. When I have enough money, then I'll find my purpose. When I get that dream job, then I will be happy. But guys, we aren't Google Maps. We can't just dial in the destination of purpose and expect the navigation to take us there. But that to me is great news. You can now stop waiting for it to reveal itself. You can stop waiting to stumble upon it. You can take your life by the freaking horns and begin cultivating that thing that will over time bring you the true fulfillment you are looking for. And today's guest is literally the perfect person to show us the very specific tactics, steps and tools we will need. She is here to show us why we need to stop wasting our time and energy on chasing money and status, which we mistakenly believe will bring us fulfillment and purpose, and instead start putting that into enriching ourselves. So please help me in welcoming the number one best-selling author, transformational speaker and podcast guru with frequent appearances on Steve Harvey, Dr. Oz, Fox and Friends, Bloomberg, TV, and CNN Money, as well as featured in the New York Post, Cosmopolitan, Essence Magazine, and Huffington Post, to name a few. And now, author of her new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose, the incredibly inspiring My Girl, Patrice Washington. Hey, Lisa. <gasps> welcome to the show, girl, or welcome back to the show. Welcome back. I am so so excited. Uh, Ditto girl, one of the things, just one of many, the things I freaking adore about you women is you're no BS and you, you say it as it is, but you also lay out exactly the tactics and steps to take in order to find that fulfillment. You're not just kind of like believe in yourself. It's really tactical. But before we start down the six pillars that you have very um, eloquently laid out. I want to start with um, a quote that I freaking love, which is prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. So I want to start our audience up with the freaking truth of what's going to happen as we start to go on this journey of finding our purpose. And I want to start with your quote where you say purpose includes pissing people off. Yeah. Purpose is definitely not about trying to please everyone. And a lot of people don't really embrace their purpose because they're concerned about what is my mom going to think? What are friends going to think? What will people out on social media think? And if you lead with that, you'll never be fulfilled because there'll always be that void of, is so-and-so upset with me? Did I say this nicely enough? Was I, was I offending anyone? And we can't live from that place. But I have to tell you, Lisa, what I want people to understand who are watching is that when I speak about purpose, I'm very clear that I don't confuse purpose with passion. And I think one of the issues that people are having with this idea of walking out their life's purpose is because we are taught to chase our passion. <laughs> we are taught that, oh, you know, follow your passion and the money will come. Now, I don't know who originally created that quote, but I call BS, right? <laughs> I think that there are a lot of people who are extremely passionate about things and they're frustrated and they're continuously chasing money and having that shiny monkey syndrome where they're trying all the things and continuously feeling empty because nothing is panning out. And the thing about passion that we have to know is that passion is about excitement and energy and it lights you up, but passion is for you. Passion is that thing that really gets you pumped up, right? But just because we're passionate about something doesn't necessarily mean that we're proficient in it. And right, like 
if you're not proficient in it, but you're just passionate, there's a reason that money is not following behind that. So let me give you an example. I sing in the shower at least three, four times a week. You can catch me belting out a tune in the shower. I am passionate about singing. It energizes me. It fills me up. I feel like I am Whitney Houston in the shower. <laughs> you don't want to pay me for that. You would never buy a concert ticket just because Patrice is passionate about it. We have to understand that for some of us, our passions and, our, and what we're purposed to do align. But what I've learned is I had to get passionate about my purpose. And to me, purpose means that other people can benefit from it. If you're the only person who benefits from it, no wonder you're going in circles. But once you start to be of service, take that thing, maybe that gift, right, that you have and use it in a way that supports other people, now it's purposeful. Now we can get down the road of fulfillment because when you see how that purpose impacts others, that's what fills the void. Stuff is never going to fill the void, right? Even the excitement, it doesn't fill the void. Seeing how it impacts others is what fills the void. And that's why I genuinely want people to embrace purpose, not go find it, embrace it. Do you think that that's where people get confused and almost um, stuck because they're so, look, passion makes you feel good. When you're doing something that you're passionate about, you feel great, right? Whether it's drawing or singing, it's like, it, whether you're good at it or not, you feel good about it. And even going back to how I started the conversation on purpose will piss people off. It's like purpose is sometimes going against the grain. It's hard work. I've heard you say, like, it's so freaking hard work, whereas passion almost just comes from within and so do you think that that's where people get confused where they go down the path of passion but ultimately don't see the end result like you do with purpose yeah i think so i think that's what allows a lot of people to stay stuck in cycles of confusion right they're reading all the books they're listening to all the podcasts they're tuning into every episode they're signing up for every course and program and yet something is missing and just because you're passionate about something, let's be honest, some passions are hobbies. Mm -hmm. like some passions we should do in volunteer work. It doesn't mean that that's the greater purpose for our life. And I'll, I'll use myself even as an example, right? I was always a great writer growing up, but it was never anything that I found sexy. I never wanted to go to journalism school or, you know, do anything with it in particular. It was just something that I was naturally good at right? Or um, speaking. We talked about this before, like never a shortage of words, right? I always got in trouble for talking in class, elementary school, right on up. But it wasn't until my stories, you know, when I lost everything and it was time to reinvent myself and figure out what I wanted to do, I had to look back over my life and say, but what are the things that have naturally come to you, right? Writing naturally comes to me. I just do it well. Speaking naturally comes to me. I do it well and people always feel connected to me or they'll say, wow, I've heard that before. But when you said it, all of a sudden it made sense. Not that it was brand new, not that it, was, it had to be, you know, some life changing thing, I guess, but it made sense. And I had to go, what am I passionate about? I was passionate about financial education. So I took the gifts of things that I always did. I just dismissed them. For so long, I they weren't sexy. They didn't look like Lisa's gift. They didn't look like Tom's gift. They didn't look like Joanne's gift, right? I'm like, oh, it's not dribbling a basketball. I can't really draw that, that well, you know? I don't play the piano well. And when people keep saying, oh, I'm going to find my purpose, there's no place out there for you to go find, right? It's not off in the distance. Whatever you were purposed to do, you likely already have the gifting to do it. You just have to accept it. A lot of times we don't embrace it because we want it to look like someone else's. And when I was able to make myself passionate about what I was already good at doing, right? It became purposeful because I saw how it impacted others and it just grew and grew and grew. But I think that's where people get stuck. I don't want to brush past everything you just said because there were a couple of little nuggets that I was like, oh my God, how did you do that? So even just saying, right, I, 
I didn't think it was sexy. So the things that I was good at, I didn't think. And a big part of it is because you were comparing. So let's even just stop there and say, how did you stop comparing to then recognize, oh, I was seeing this as not sexy, but now I need to flip that mindset. Because I, I wanted to lean into what, what just comes naturally to me. Like, why am I trying to force myself to be these other things or to look this other way when this is just who I was created to be. Like, why do I keep going against the grain? Why do I keep trying to butt up against like, no, even, even once I realized that I was a gifted speaker, right? Because I was in the lane of personal finance, I used to think that I needed to look a certain way. Well, I should put on, you know, a business suit. Well, I should wear little pearl earrings. I should not wear bright pink eyeshadow because that doesn't look like personal finance people. And I even stifled my gift because I was looking around and, okay, well, this woman shows up this way or I read this thing that said, this is how it had to look. And even though I was making progress, Lisa, my career really didn't explode until I just was like, you know what, F it. I gotta be okay with me. I like big necklaces and pink eyeshadow. This is what we're doing, right? And when I, but but it came over time. So it wasn't like an overnight thing, but you know what, it, what I felt like? I felt like an imposter because I would put the suits on and I would try to have the look, but then I would open my mouth and it would be contradictory. You know, I use a lot of humor or I do a lot of, you know, I'm very flamboyant on stage and I'm moving around and I'm doing all this stuff. And it was very confusing to people because what I was presenting package wise did not match with what I was delivering. And so it created a disconnect between me and the very people I wanted to serve. But when I started to peel off the freaking costume and the people I said I wanted to serve could really see me. That was when I could see there's greater purpose in what you're doing. But it, but so there was, and that took a couple years, I'm not gonna lie. So this was not an overnight thing, but I, the next best step for me was just to say, you've always been good at writing, just freaking write. Just freaking allow yourself to write. And that was a start. I mean, and, and that led to me getting up off the bathroom floor after losing my entire business and having to start over and launching a free blogspot.com. That was the ugliest little blog you've ever seen. But boy, was it a step in the right direction. And so here we are 10 years later, five books later and all the work that I've done, but it started with just saying, you've always been good at this. Just allow yourself to be and stop trying to force it to look like whoever else is. You've been a good writer, freaking write. Wow, that's so powerful. and. I want to echo, when I first met you, we were on a panel together and we'd never met before. And we sit on this panel and I'd heard, like I got introduced and you know, oh, you're the finance experts. Like, okay, great, you know. And then you start talking. I'm like, who the hell is this woman? She, you were so captivating. And it was because I had every expectation of someone being in finance to be the suited up and the person. And that's why I love this story because it was when you started to say, who am I? What am I uniquely good at? And how then can I turn that into a purpose is when you started to, I'm sure, skyrocket when people actually were like, oh my God, you're unique. And I cannot tell you, and I bet you found this as well, how many people try to be something else, then they say, okay, I'm just fed up of it. And then they become themselves. And that's when everything starts to fall into place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I say this all the time. And, and this is an evolution, right? right? Because around the time that you and I were on that panel and I showed up with like a one piece jumper, romper, skin tight, bright oh, blue, yeah. <laughs> like braids down to my butt, right? Like completely different than what people would see as a finance expert. Because as a black woman in this space, I have to tell you, there were years when I had mentors who meant well, but they would say, hey, you know, you really need to insert whatever. You really shouldn't have braids. You know, braids are not professional and you really always want to keep your hair straight. And, and so even as I was starting to embrace these different parts of me, there was still so much that I would hold back. There was still so much I would keep sheltered. I'm like, oh, I can only have nude colored nails or I only can have nude colored makeup. And it's amazing how we put a box on our gift. 
right? Like it's amazing how we'll put a ball and chain on the very things that we were born with that we're supposed to use to produce wealth. But we start listening to other people. And I'm a fan of seeking wise counsel, but I do believe that even when it's from people who are well-intentioned, we always have the power to reject any advice that's not in alignment with our assignment. And I was called to be who I am, right? Because there's a lot of women out there who needed an example of a woman in the business space, in the finance space that didn't have to look stuffy. That just is what it is. And it wasn't about waiting until I saw someone doing it. At some point, you got to be like, well, I'm it. And as long as I'm myself, I'm just going to be happy being myself. Because what makes us question our gift, what makes us question if it's really purpose, is when we do put all these parameters on it and stifle ourselves, and then we go, well, if this is it, I don't want it. Mm-mm. But it's not that the gift is not truly the gift. It's all the extra layers you know, that we've put on it that makes it feel like, well, this can't be it. But when I threw away the suits, I literally, (laughs) I literally posted on Facebook and I said, hey, if anyone is in need of some business suits, I have black, gray, navy blue, olive green. I've got some pumps, some kitten heel pumps here. I've got stockings, pantyhose, and I've got pearls. If you are applying for a job soon or need some work clothes, you can meet me at this Starbucks on Austell Road in Mableton, Georgia, and you can have everything out of my truck. And people showed up and I gave away everything that did not feel authentic to me. And when I drove away from there and the next time I had a chance to take the stage and I had on whatever jeans and a blazer and my big necklace, that was probably one of the best receptions that I got from the audience. And it was the best for me. I literally left that place and cried in my car because I felt so free to just be me. And I saw it as a wink that I was headed in the right direction and I have not turned back, but I've gotten better and better and more accepting of myself every year, really. Every year I've, I've dropped something else. Wow, that's so amazing. I love that you just made a decision. There's something really interesting about how finite that was, right? It wasn't like, I'm just gonna keep them in my closet and I'm not just gonna wear them. Like there is a something where once you decide and then move in accordance in a bold move, I always find it actually helps me stay on that path because yeah. it's like you've, you've actively done something you've gone from here to over here you know what it is i call it no straddling the fence (laughs) a lot of times we we say okay i'm gonna make a decision but then we leave room for so many plan b c d e f we leave room to go back and forth and i believe we do this in every area of our lives whether it be with our health our wellness our relationships we're kind of like well just in case i'm gonna leave a little cracking the door or something. And one of the things that I always remind myself is no straddling the fence. You're all in or you're all out. There's no gray area, right? If you were saying that this is what you want to do, go all in on it and at least give yourself an opportunity to see what's possible. Because if I don't go all in, be it for six months, a year, two years, how do I really know? It's not, that's the thing. We also keep shifting because We do the first thing and it doesn't work out the way we want it to. And then we're like, see, I tried. Um, Try again and then try again some more, right? Like if that first audience did not receive me, I don't believe I would have gone back and bought more suits. I would have said, okay, on to the next place. Maybe those weren't my people. And maybe I need to be more deliberate about choosing what stages I get on so that I can be in front of my people, people who can appreciate what I look like, how I show up, and how I communicate. And if you don't, you're just not my people. It's not to question my gift. It's not to question whether I'm in purpose because I believe purpose will like connect you to the people that you're supposed to serve. And that's why, going back to how we started, that's why I don't care about pissing everybody else off. Like If you're not my people, that's fine. You want someone in a suit? There's tons of them out there. You want someone with a certain hairdo? Go find her, go find him. But the people who are okay with my message, I'm here for them and they're here for me. I don't need everyone to love me in order to be successful. I need to tap into the people that I'm supposed to serve 
and serve them like to the best of my ability. And, and that's, that's it. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. And if it pisses you off, that's fine. Oh my God, girl. I love you so much. I love how you, you say things. Um, and I want to talk about that because you just said if I was on stage and I wasn't perceived well um, and I came off stage, I wouldn't go back and buy the jackets. I would just keep trying and find a different audience. How did you get to that point? Because we know each other well, I know that like when you were younger, you didn't have this self-esteem that you did now. And I really do urge people to go back and watch our initial interview because that was so freaking fire where we go deep in the emotional side of your upbringing and how you've evolved. But I do want to touch on here the fact that you didn't always, people may see you as super freaking confident and this badass chick on camera, Ooh. right? But it's like, you didn't start there. So how do you, someone that never felt like she was liked before, was always, you know, insecure about her looks and how the color of her skin, you talk very, you know, eloquently about that. How do you go from that person to getting on stage? And even if I fail, I don't care. I'm not going to revert back because that's so strong. It's one thing to go I'm just gonna go up on stage and hope everyone likes me but when you fail it's a whole different ball game yeah so I would say it starts with the first pillar that we that we talk about and let's do it right and the first pillar is the fit pillar it's been about becoming your best self and one of the things that I always say Lisa you know this it's not just about being physically fit but being mentally fit and so when people ask me about my journey, how I went from losing everything, sleeping on my brother's couch to, you know, sitting on a couch with you and getting 800,000 views, right? Or all the things that I've been able to do. There was a lot of work going on behind the scenes to get to that place. And that's why I be believe that, you know, building wealth is not just about money and material possessions. It's about well-being first and foremost, well-being in every area of our lives. And that fit pillar, yes, has to do with being physically fit. But to your question, mentally fit, I had to do the work to start healing a lot of the childhood trauma that I endured. And there's a woman, Monique Coleman, who said it beautifully on my podcast, and she learned this from her mentor, that your business is only going to grow to the extent you're willing to heal. <laughs> your business is only going to grow to the extent you're willing to heal. And so the reason that I can say that each year I've dropped some of the shoulds and I've dropped these ideas is because I'm consistently and constantly in counseling for something. Right? So I had to do that inner work where I could become confident, right? And just knowing like, but this is what I'm, I'm supposed to do. And listen, I'm not going to go get plastic surgery, no shades of plastic surgery, but I'm not going to go change my face to make anybody else happy at this point. Like I've come to, to accept that this is the face that I got and this is the face I'm going to have. And I have to start looking in the mirror and finding things to celebrate for myself, not waiting for other people to validate or affirm or, or just, you know, to pump me up. I've, I've had to learn. And some of the exercises I was doing in 2012, some days, Lisa, I still have to do them. This mm -hmm. is a journey. So when people say, but you show up so confidently. Yeah, but I still have those practices in place to get in the mirror and gas myself up. Today, when I put my makeup on, I said, girl, you and these pink eyes, I see you. I talk to myself. Because if I came on here and perhaps you didn't say, friend, you look beautiful. What am I supposed to do? Crumble and get in like, be like, oh my gosh, I hope Lisa likes it. Does Lisa, right? Because that's what I would have done. 10, 11, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, I'd have been like, did I make Lisa upset? I wonder if, because we're so good at making up all the stories, but the stories are not even rooted in anything going on today. They're rooted in things, experiences, um, you know, the consequences, the conversations that we had in childhood. And the reason that we say that that's the first pillar is because you can be as brilliant as you want to be, Lisa. You can be so well-read. You can have all the degrees. You can have all the things. And yet you'll still be the person who doesn't raise your hand for the opportunity. You'll still be the person who doesn't submit the proposal. You'll still be the person who allows a client to you know, like make you lower your price or something. Like you'll still be the person taking opportunities that no longer serve you, right? Because you want to please mm -hmm. and you want to make other people happy. But those, those types of actions and behaviors are preventing you from experiencing the wealth you say you want. 
And so the work that I was doing was going to therapy, dealing with my childhood trauma, learning different, you know, exercises and interventions so that when those thoughts creep up, like when things come up, that I'm able to like work through it on my own now, a lot of times, right? The new stuff I'm always talking to my therapist about, but some of the old things I can kind of like assess, like, okay, you're doing this thing because of this in 1988, you know, and it's time to let that go. Yeah, and I heard you say that the biggest part of it is to really change the habit, right? So it's changing the habits because we are so accustomed to doing things or saying things to ourselves that we've said since childhood and we don't even realize we do it or say it. So making sure that we change that habit loop so that we then change the voice or the language we're talking to ourselves about. I love that. Um, all right, let's go on to the next pillar. Because honestly, girl, like the way you freaking break this down, if people really pay attention and listen and get your book, like I really believe how much you, how many people's lives you truly can change. So yeah. um, I really appreciate you taking me through this. So the next one is people. So talk yeah. to me about that. So the people pillar is about creating relationships that matter. And it's so funny. This is such a great example of uh, creating relationships that matter. You brought up the fact that we met on the panel, right? I had no idea who you were, Lisa, right? Like we're cool, we exchange, you know, information or whatever. Fast forward, you invite me on Women of Impact and, you know, we've been to some things together and there were so many opportunities that came out of that, but I wasn't looking for any opportunities. And I think that's the shift that we have to make because we live in a culture that is very much like figure out who you can use and get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. Very like, what can you give me? What can I get? Like, how can this relationship benefit me? What can I do? And I just don't enter relationships like that. And at this stage in my life, or really, I've never really been that type of person, but I understand how it happens. And I think well-meaning coaches even, and you know, different folks are like, oh, put yourself in this group so you can align with that person. I'm just like, I just want to align with good people. Like if I'm feeling you, I'm feeling you. And it's more so how can I serve? And so in creating relationships that matter when it comes to your ability to attract wealth, relationships are everything. You know, whether you get tipped off about an opportunity or have this introduction or have someone who can you know, speak a word into your life that you didn't even realize you needed, but it opens you up to this whole possibility. Those are the things, those are the moments in life that lead to wealth. And I think that we make it so often about this forced thing um, that we can pick up, I think, a lot of times when people are just not genuine. And I don't know if people know that you know. (laughs) You can pick up on when people are just not genuine or when people are trying to build a relationship based in expectation of what you can do for them and what you can give, right? And it's time out for that. Like that is, I think the worst way personally for me to go about building relationships, just freaking take care of the relationships in your life. And so how do I serve the people that I'm already in community and relationship with, the people who are already in my sphere of influence and not just professionally, but personally? One of my big lessons I talk about is how I've had to learn to schedule my family in, make time, not find time. And a lot of times we'll say, well, I'm working, you know, to show my kids that I love them or, you know, I'm working to take care of the people I love. But then the people you love don't know you love them because you're never present. You never make time. Even in COVID times, you don't make time. You find ways to always be glued to your phone or glued to a Zoom room or glued to this. People say, I texted you three days ago. You didn't reply because I'm not attached to my phone. My kid is here. This is my, my child in this space is my first responsibility. So I'm going to respond and I'll get back to you. But if I have to take care of those closest to me, because at the end of the day, when it all goes south, Lisa, Reagan is who I have. Reagan is the person who's going to wipe mama's butt when it's all said and done. <laughs> And I would, I, she's going to have to be in therapy for her own whatever, but it won't be because mom wasn't present. Mm. I don't want to be a public success and private failure. And I want people who are in my life to know that if I say, I love you, then I genuinely love you. I'm genuinely there for you. I have your back. And that's a relationship that matters because when I'm on stage, I don't confuse applause with love. (laughs) 
I don't confuse people liking things on Instagram with these are my friends. I don't care what Facebook calls people. I'm not confused that I have to make an investment in the relationships that truly matter to me. And because of that, when I am out and about and on stage and doing these things, there's no guilt in the back of my head preventing me from showing up because the relationships in my life, those people know we're solid. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash lisa zocdoc dot com slash lisa as an entrepreneur one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head you know who i'm talking about that maybe not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it, especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, 
all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. I love that. And you definitely um, act in accordance to everything you are saying. Um, and I love that. And I love that you're not bashful about saying it. Like a lot of people are people pleasers. You said it right at the beginning, right? It's like the, even going into this subject of finding your purpose, feeling fulfilled. It's like you're going to be p- pissing people off. People are going to judge you. Some people are going to hate you know, some people are going to potentially use you, but staying focused on those true people, I think is, um, very empowering. And then also to me, it kind of gets rid of the, what's that like the outside radiation. So you know how like you have like the, that, that, that kind of buzz, mm-hmm. like that's how I feel negative people or, um, people that don't, I don't gel with. That's how I feel they are in my life is external radiation. Oh, yeah just, <laughs> just extra yeah you know i'm turning 40. i so do you, you know <laughs> i've really been in this season of like dropping the shoulds and there is no one in this world i don't care who you are what you've accomplished what platform you have i don't feel attached to any well i should be on her show because she has xyz i don't like her but it's true right it's like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason and and it may be unjustified unfounded but if I don't feel connected with this person's message or how they show up or what my experience may have been backstage with them or any of that I'm not going to pretend so that I could do what use you for your platform I'm not going to pretend and act like it's all good when it's not and so I've turned down interviews from people who have huge platforms. And could I sell all the books and all the things? Possibly, but I would be betraying myself, right? It wouldn't feel authentic in an alignment. And again, I think that having solid relationships allows me to not feel like I have to do things with other people to like, you know, buy their, or get into their affection or have them affirm or declare that I'm a great person. I Listen, no. No. <laughs> no. Can you tell me, girl, like everything you're saying, it's almost like you could switch out the word purpose with authenticity. Like everything you're saying is really like to get to your purpose, you have to be that authentic. You know what? Someone in my community said that to me recently. Like we could just say that the whole thing about purpose is about just being authentic, like not policing what feels right for you, mm. right? Not with the shoulds or maybe, well, maybe I should do this and the straddling the fence and no, authentically, I just want to do this. What would happen if I allowed myself to just embrace this? What would happen if I allowed myself to just trust my gut? What would happen if I allowed myself to just follow my own instincts and trust that if I'm feeling this, there's something to it. You know, because for me, I'll even say, you know, even even when you're operating in purpose, there's still even seasons where you need to pause. And it, right. Like there's still seasons where you meet you may need to make time for rest and recovery or take a step back or really just look at some things or maybe not go so hard. Every every year I said a word for the year. Right. Some years it's like push. And then some years it's like contentment. Like this year, my word is contentment. So it's not to say yes to every single thing that comes about, which is weird because I'm launching a book. (laughs) Yeah. I'm launching a book. And so people would say, well, you need to be on all the things. And I've been there. This is my fifth book. I've done all the things, hundreds of interviews and preparation and all the live events. and And this year, my word is contentment. And although I felt released to release the book this year, I don't feel released to jump through all the hoops, but I'm so committed to knowing that I'm still operating from a place of purpose, even when it means pausing or taking a step back or taking things a bit slowly. That's authentically what feels right for me in this season, no matter what's launching or what's going on, that's what feels right. And friends like you have have said, hey, I want you on or Different folks have reached out to me that I've never met in my life. And they're like, hey, we get a million downloads a month. We'd love to interview you. And I've been able to say yes to the things that felt good and just trust 
I have no attachment to anything but the fact that I was supposed to write it so that people could receive it and enjoy it. And that's it. And that's like being in purpose is just authentically honoring what feels right for you in that season. That's so powerful. And everything that you're saying, girl, and everything that you've written in the book really is a reflection of, it's not just like, hey, I'm the expert and this is what you should do. It's I've lived this. I've gone through it. I know what it takes. And it isn't just read the book once and you're done. It is read the book, implement everything that I'm saying and continuously on a daily basis, practice it. And where I want to go next, because your pillars are amazing and I'm so worried we're going to run out of time. So I want to talk to you about the faith pillar and the reason being is um as you know I am not a religious person I actually do not believe in God and I love your message so much and it is very rare I think to have two people that can be as close as we are and have such different beliefs but still really freaking gel so can you talk me and walk me through that um that pillar and then let's yeah. go deep yeah the faith pillar is about believing in something greater right and what I say in the book is, yes, I own the fact that I consider myself to be a Christ follower. But here's what I believe. I don't have the right to judge you or anyone else based on your beliefs. My thing is, my belief gives me hope. And I believe that the hope that I've had through so many of these tough seasons, when my son died prematurely, when I was in the hospital for 10 weeks, you know, waiting to have my daughter, when the business folded, when I was betrayed in my marriage, when the number, any number of things, you name it, right? The thing that has allowed me to keep going is this, this idea that none of those things happened to me, they happened for me. And it was about having a practice that I could lean into because I don't believe it's about if life is coming, it's when. We all are going to experience things in life because life is life. But if you say that you believe in something, then make time to practice it. And if it's not that it's about a specific religion, what truths do you hold dear? And are you actually making time to incorporate that in how you live your life? So just as much as I schedule this interview on my calendar, right, my work pillar stuff, just as much as I schedule time to go through my money, you know, stuff, I schedule faith because, as I said on my last interview with you, my superpower, I believe, is resilience. Do you have something that you can lean on in tough times? Because what I do believe is that when those times come and there's already a lot of chaos in your life, it's very hard to figure out what are my standards? What are my virtues? What are my beliefs? Because your mind is already so cluttered with all the things. So that's why I, I like my groups, my communities are filled with everyone. A lot of people who listen to my podcast, Lisa, they're like, I'm not religious, but I love you. And I'm like, girl, you don't have to be. I don't, I don't consider myself to be religious. I, I definitely consider myself to have more of a relationship with the higher power. Um, and it, it, it gives me compassion, even for people who have done things to me that for some may have may feel like that's unforgivable. But I've learned to have compassion for those people because I've connected it to this. Maybe I needed that experience to grow this tough skin or to learn this lesson. And so it's taught me to always fight for the gratitude and whatever my experience is and look for the lesson. And I think that you don't have to be particularly religious to, to resonate with that because we all experience stuff. Girl, I've never heard anyone put it as succinctly and as impactfully as you just did. That was so amazing. And like, I, I literally had the freaking chills, girl, because you started that whole thing with it comes down to hope. And I was mm -hmm. like, that is so beautiful because I get that. And everything you just broke down of, it's not necessarily even about the belief. It's the way that you see the world. It's the way yeah. that you see. It's the way that you have the hope. You can choose to have hope or not. Like, to me, that really is a choice. And so thank you so much for breaking that. That was just incredibly beautiful. Um, yeah. And the one thing I want to talk to you about is you say about if you really want to live your own life, you cannot underestimate three things. You say clarity, commitment, and consistency. Break those down for me. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, it, that really just came out of being so frustrated with the swapping that people keep doing. Oh, this must not be my purpose because it didn't work. 
after a month. Like, oh, well, I, I launched that thing twice and not enough people bought, or I did this thing or, and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> that does not mean that it's not a part of what you need to do, right? We all, in order to be successful, are going to have to get clarity around what we really want. And I think that we underestimate the power of clarity. I think we underestimate the power of knowing your why, not just naming these arbitrary goals, but saying, why does that matter to me? You know, in the finance space, most people have these random like things that they're running after. And it's like, but what do you actually need to be content? Like, what do you actually need to be happy? I'm not saying don't go for the gusto, but you're not allowing yourself to be fulfilled because there's like this moving target, right? And you keep shifting. So you're never happy. You're never content. You're never fulfilled. So clarity and going deeper every time you have a should, or every time you set a goal, ask yourself, and why? Why is that important? Why now? Why do I even care about this? And I bet half the people listening will realize that they have goals that don't even matter to them, which they should actually ditch. And then spend that time focused on what they really want to do. So the clarity, the consistency, right? You need to be committed. Whatever it is that you're doing, you need to be so committed to it, right? But consistent first that you're saying, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do fewer things a million times. I'm going to stop being the person that does a million things once and then being upset because of the result, which is usually not favorable, right? If you are consistent, no one's reading my posts. So what? Post again. Because we have to do it until other people believe it. We have to show up until they start showing up. If we don't show up for ourselves, why would anyone else? Why, if, if you don't believe it, why would they believe it? When people used to say to me, Lisa, oh, did Steve Harvey crown you America's Money Maven? I'm like, no. This is what I did. Boop, I crowned myself. <laughs> I crowned myself. And then I said it over and over and over and over and over again until I start hearing people read my bio and they said it, until I start hearing people invite me on stage and they would say it. I had to say it a million times before anybody else would. You have to be consistent. And overall, you have to be committed. The problem with any of this stuff is, whether it's pursuing purpose or doing whatever you want to do, is that we confuse interest with commitment. So the first time you kind of dig into something, and you're like, I'm going to do this thing. You're still just very much interested because you're going to research. You're going to Google a few things. You may pick up a book. You may talk to a family member or friend about it. You may jot down some things in a notepad, in a planner, your journal, whatever your thing is. When you haven't set your calendar up to support that, when you haven't made time, not only I need to find time. No, no, time's not hiding. So you don't have to find anything. When you haven't made time yet, you're still interested. You're not committed because committed people are like, I'm throwing all the suits away. Committed people are like, meet me in the parking lot at Starbucks on Austell Road and come get this because I'm not going back. I'm committed. I'm not interested in seeing how it goes. I'm committed to owning who I am authentically every time, whether people like it or not. Commitment is I'm going to set my calendar up. I'm going to even explain to my family, what am I doing? What's going on? So that they can buy into the vision and understand why this is important to me. I'm going to remove all distractions, right? Like I'm going to clear things off my calendar. I'm going to uh, give myself permission to say no to things that no longer serve me so that I can say yes to the things that I, are like a hell yeah for me. I'm going to do all those things. If I leave roadblocks, distractions, other things in the way, then I'm interested. I'm not committed. And as long as I stay interested, I may fumble my way there, but I'm not creating, you know, a bulldoze like path to the, to what I say I want. And I think that, you know, with certain things, you're going to have to like get so clear that you're just willing to shut any and everything out. Like you're willing to put those blinders on and say, I'm not looking to the left or the right. I'm going after this thing. And I'm going to get clarity around why I want it, what I expect for it to do, like what I'm 
like why this really matters to me. I'm going to do it over and over again, right? And allow it to really build momentum into something great. And I'm going to be all out committed to it. And I bet you on the other side, you'll see that that thing that you're like, well, I don't know if this is my purpose. You'll start to see it and embrace it and hold it as purpose because you've given it the gift of time and energy and clarity and consistency and commitment. Go, I love that so much. So then let's go a step further and say, let's say you've done that, right? Patrice said, I'm going to be committed. I need clarity. So you get all your stuff together. You work hard. You put the blinders on. You go down and let's say five months down the line, you're like, I'm really miserable. I thought this was my purpose. I thought this is what I wanted, but actually I am miserable. Now, some people may keep going, right? I'm committed. I've already spent like the last five months. I've told my friends, I've told my partner that I'm doing this. I can't turn around now. And now you end up down the wrong pop <laughs> no this is exciting you know what you didn't end up down the wrong path you needed to go down that path to discover oh i don't really like that i didn't really want that so that you can pivot i think the worst thing that we can do is believe that like purpose is like finite i believe that purpose evolves and i believe like in a season of your life those are the things that you needed to do that was the education you needed to get. Those were the experiences or the introductions you needed to have so that you could be guided and supported as you, as you shift, right? Like I don't look back on different parts of my life and go, oh, you wasted 16 months there. No, like my skills were sharpened there, right? Like I, I met certain people or even if I just saw something that looked like possibility, if that was the only reason I was there, Lisa, that was it. Like that was the thing because one thing can change everything. Like one introduction, one new idea, one thought, like one nugget of wisdom can literally shift everything. And so we have to stop going, oh my gosh, I wasted five months. I wasted 10 years. I wasted, you didn't waste it. It was a part of your journey. And I truly believe that. If you're really intentional about looking back at different things, you'll see, oh, I wouldn't even know about this thing had I not seen that thing. And so that just goes back to nothing happened to you. It happened for you. So you didn't. (laughs) That's so awesome. Okay, let's keep going down this rabbit hole because I'm having so much fun. So let's say you do that. How do you then, though, identify what is like, I'm not having fun because it's a roadblock. Or I'm not having fun, this isn't for me. Like, how would you process this if someone is home right now and they're like, is it a roadblock? Am I just like hating this part of it? Or yeah. is this like a, I've, I'm stopping the path I'm going down and changing the path. See how I changed it? I didn't say wrong yeah. path. I said new path. <laughs> yes. Okay. So one thing I'll, I'll start with this. I did a podcast episode called Greatness Requires You to Expect Resistance. Like you said, success is not guaranteed, but for sure the struggles are going to come. And I have questioned whether I was supposed to be doing what I'm doing at least 83 times, maybe 89. I don't know. I have questioned it multiple times throughout the years because like everyone else, you get tired, you get fatigued, you do run across that difficult client or you run across a, a scenario that just makes you feel like, man, is this worth it? Should I be doing this? And this is why, to go back to the top of the show, we made the distinction between passion and purpose. Because in those hard times, when you see what it has done for other people, sometimes that's the thing that encourages us to keep going. I don't always show up because I feel like it. You know that I've had a tough week just this week, right? I don't always show up. Just because I feel like it, I show up because I understand that there is something that I could say that would definitely impact at least one person. And this is what I teach the women in my program. An audience of one is still an audience. An audience of one is still an audience. And for me, I always say, if this is a blessing to one person, then I did what I was supposed to do. If it's a blessing to one person, I did what I was supposed to do right? The the messages or that one random order that comes in in the middle of the night when you're like, I'm going to give up. 
right? And I'm sure you guys saw this request, right? Like there's something where you're frustrated, you're ready to just throw in the towel and then that one ding or notification or DM or email or letter in the mail makes you go, you know what? This one probably represents 10. This one may represent another 100. The other 99 people may not have thought to stop or had the courage to comment or any of that. But to understand that, if this is doing something for others, right? Not to say that you won't have times when you're like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing? Those things are real. Those things are more common. And I think especially in the area of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is so glorified that people early in the journey often question themselves and go, I'm going to throw in the towel. This is too hard. I should have been making six figures in six days. So-and-so said in their YouTube ad, (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with me? And the truth is, for many of us, that's not it. And I think I shared this with you before, but I remember when I was blogging, when I started that ugly blog and we, it was at one of my worst times. I was completely broke, you know, eviction notices. I had lost my entire business. My home foreclosed. I'm living in a 600 square foot box of an apartment and can't pay the rent there. And when I started that blog, I was like, well, I'm just going to share with my friends and family. And if no one else reads, I know that my mom and my husband will read. And months had gone by. And the little like, yay, you started a blog started to trickle off. Or like, oh, this is so nice. Friends weren't replying or commenting or saying anything anymore. And the day that I was like, asked my mom, like, hey, have you read? Like, the I, like, I was proud. I was like, that was some good stuff, right? And she's like, oh, uh, <laughs> like, I haven't really gotten around to it, right? And then I asked my husband, and he's like, ah, oh, man, ah. Uh, yeah, I hadn't really. And, and it dawned on me. I was like, oh, my gosh. The two people closest to me are not even reading. If they don't read who would like, who's going to, if they don't support it, if they don't see anything in it, why, like, why am I doing this? I better make a LinkedIn profile and go get a real job. Cause you know, I've been an entrepreneur. I never really had a job as an adult. And I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm wasting time. Who am I kidding? Who am I fooling? You're broke, right? All the, all the things, who are you to be giving anyone any type of thoughts about anything? And I hadn't posted in like several weeks. And a man sent me an email out of the blue one day and said, hey, I hope you're okay. I have been reading your blog and you haven't posted in a while, but I I just hope you're okay. And I was like, who is this man? Like, what? And I had no idea. I was new to online world. I didn't know how to check, like, the back end stuff. It was just ugly. All I knew how to do was post. And I went and then I saw people had been commenting. I needed to approve the comments. I didn't know that. So I saw, like, oh, all these random people have been commenting. Oh, I did. I had some blog post that had like 200 views on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, 200 views. Like people saw that, like, oh my gosh. And that's, that's the day that I made a decision, right? That if this feels right, I'm never going to stop because I have no idea who's watching. I don't know who's reading. And I still, to this day, believe that man was like an angel because had he not emailed me and I gotten that wink, to keep going, I may have never tried to go down this path again. And it's not to say that I couldn't have become successful in some other thing, but I am so much in alignment. Like it feels so good, but this was 2009, right? So 12 years ago, had I not had that experience, I have no idea what these last 12 years would have looked like. But I often remember that person. And I think about that when I'm getting hard on myself or, you know, when I'm like, oh my gosh, should I do this program? And then someone who's been through my program is like, oh my gosh, I did all the things. And they're so excited. I'm like, oh, I helped. I was a part of that. Okay. I'm doing the right thing. And yeah, so it it happens. You're going to question. That's natural. Girl, I could just keep talking to you. You are just full of so many freaking gold nuggets, girl. Um, But where can people find your book? Where can people dive deeper into your world and really learn all about you and your courses that you're doing and all all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find out everything about me at patricewashington.com. 
And for anyone who loves to play in social media, Instagram is one of my favorite places. I would love for you to come say you learned about me on Women of Impact. It's Seek Wisdom PCW. Hell yeah. Guys, guys, really, really, truly go check out this woman. Get her book. It's got really, like I said, concrete, no BS tactics and tips on how the hell you actually develop and find your purpose. So go check that out. And guys, if this episode did bring you value, please, please do subscribe, like, share, comment in the, in the comment box. Let me know what you thought. Oh, shit. My earpiece fell out. <laughs> And maybe we'll keep that in. So guys, <laughs> comment in down below what piece of fire advice hit you so freaking hard that Patrice said. And guys, seriously, until next time, go be the hero of your own life. Peace out.